Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I am your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey everybody, how you doing? If you're new to the podcast, we are an internet streaming platform review and discussion show. Basically, we watch watch two shows in their entirety, and then we talk about them. Uh, We give a grade at the end, kind of like we're teachers, but we're not, because... Neither have done filmmaking, but that's besides the point. Um, also, we we spoiler talk the hell out of these. So if you're if you want to check it out fresh, don't listen. Come back later. We'll always have them up and and ready for you to listen to when you have finished them. Uh, also, some of the shows we talk about have heavy themes. If there's something that maybe is a too sensitive topic, then you know we understand. Uh, just want to give you a fair warning. Uh, you can find everything that is associated with us at allcuteuppodcast.com, and Josh has a special announcement. Yeah, just this week, we launched a Patreon page uh, for All Cued Up Podcast. Just go to www.patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can see the rewards levels that we offer there. Uh, Some of the things that we intend to do is have an exclusive bonus show per month for Patreon listeners. Uh, We can also, uh, we're also looking at doing running commentaries on some of the shows that we actually watch and review on the podcast. Just do like a bonus episode where we watch it together and do commentary on it. Just kind of like a director commentary on a DVD, something along those lines. Give but go and check that out. Uh, sign up, become a patron, and get exclusive bonus content. There are several different levels of rewards, and you can read all about them there. Boom diggity. I'm really excited about the Patreon, guys. If if if, uh, if you feel like supporting us in a very direct way, that's a perfect way to do it. Plus, there are, like, like Josh said, great things that we can do that are um, just fun little things for us to do for you. Um, Alright guys, so so this episode we're going to be talking about AICO, or Ico Incarnation, which is an anime that released on Netflix uh, exclusively, and Santa Clara Diet Season 2. If you haven't watched Season 1, you're definitely going to want to see that before you watch Season 2. Uh, but we're going to get started on Ico Incarnation. Um, so... Uh, Josh, do you have a synopsis for this show? Because I couldn't even think of one after watching it. <laughs> I do. Uh, basically, it's set in the year 2035. A uh, biological research project uh, is started to create artificial and intelligent cellular, cellular organisms, AICO. Uh, this project went awry, and it resulted in the incident called the burst. Uh, which transformed a large part of the countryside in Japan into a quarantine area. And it was infested by the rampant growth of this synthetic, uh, these synthetic organisms that everybody just referred to as matter. Uh, two years after the burst, uh, 
this high school student named Aiko Tachibana discovers that she holds the key to ending the burst and can save her mother and brother, which she has been told are still alive, by this very mysterious student, a transfer student, named Yuya Kanzaki. And he offers her offers to help her solve the mystery by taking her with a group of these professional mercenaries called divers to the primary point, which was the center of the burst. Um, and yeah, if it sounds that, as convoluted as what I just said, yeah, it was, it's yeah, out there. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was very, so I watched it dubbed because I was busy doing other things at the same time. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Netflix doesn't use SAG voice actors because it was as awful as, as dark. It was, I, I watched, I watched both the dub and the sub and even the native Japanese version subtitled wasn't great. Really? Uh, There was a lot of, a lot of, it was because it's not because of the story, the story of this. I really enjoyed the story behind it. The premise behind it, the dialogue was garbage. (laughs) The dialogue was garbage in this show, and a lot of it, and I, and I noticed this in the Japanese subversion, there was a lot of audible exclamations. A lot of, oh, ee, that kind of shit. And yeah. it got old, and it wasn't as prevalent in the English version, so I switched over to the dub. And it was... It was bad. The, 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 the dialogue in a lot of places was terrible. You get in a lot of exposition and then the character questioning like uh, directly my, my, thing, what exactly was just explained and then having it yeah. explained again and then re-questioning it. Yeah, like there was one moment where he's like, so your entire thing is that you can have memories and see the other and like communicate through 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 like dream memories. I can communicate through dream memories. Yeah, you can see exactly what it sees. I can see what it sees through dreams. It's like holy shit, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, the dialogue was garbage. It was just pure trash. The I, I premise liked, of I the liked, story I really enjoyed though. Yeah, I was gonna say like that like I liked what they were trying to do. The way that it was told and the dialogue was so bad that I, I had a really hard time getting into any of it. But I was like, I like what they're trying to build here. Um, which was basically this like neat sci-fi story um, about a, a time in which um, humans played God and it fucked up. Like, that's what I liked about what they were trying to do. Um but again, as we've stated numerous times, much like this anime does in certain scenes, um, it's just it's just poorly executed, like very poorly executed. Uh, there are scenes where characters die or um, get injured in some fashion, and I could care less. I, I had no attachment to anybody in any way, shape or form because they don't allow you to. There is no it's it's like watching a it's like watching a. a um, I think they're called whatever. If you've seen Attack on Titan, 
in one of the very early episodes, there's scenes where these soldiers who are on zip lines are getting eaten by titans, and you're supposed to be like, oh my god! But it never feels that way, because they don't give you any context of those characters. You just kind of know it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And that was the same scenario with this. Like, But they lingered on it. Like, it was supposed to mean something, and it didn't. Yeah. Um, the The only major character death... Um, from the protagonist's standpoint, was the one special ex special forces guy who threw together the mission. Uh, you know, and he dies like eight, nine episodes in. But even then, it's just like, okay, so Dasuke is gone. There's still like nine of them left. And yeah. it just, it never felt, even though they explained that there's these horrible stakes, it didn't come across that way. It took forever to get to anything important, too. I remember, like, watching this and, like, watching those stakes and watching everything kind of unfold. And then it got to, like, episode, I want to say th- the fourth to last, when they reveal, like, her history or whatever, like the fact that she's, or the guy, the guy that she's been with the entire time is actually like the doctor or the, her dad or something like that. The, uh, he was actually the surgeon that performed the operation on her that transplanted her brain from her original body to the artificial body that caused the entire instance. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, when they, when they explained that, uh, what, that's when I think the story kind of really picked up and got interesting because before that it was just like hey these is amorphous blobs that just keep attacking them and they're they're fighting for their lives and now there's this other organization trying to get them okay anything else guys anything else you want to throw out no okay cool okay oh oh now it's interesting that there's a connection to all this and yeah but that connection wasn't revealed until episode 9 or episode 10 or 11 out of 12 episodes Right, right. It was. It just took forever to get there, and it would just. This would have been better as an anime film, I think. It um, probably would have makes... been because there was a lot of filler. It felt like because these episodes were about twenty-two uh-huh. minutes to twenty-four minutes on the average. Twelve of them, uh, about five hours. It could have easily been trimmed down to a two and a half hour movie easily. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I uh, I will credit one thing on this show. The music was uh, great. Oh, the music! Yeah, the music's great. Um, it really tr- they they really attempted to set a tone. Um, the I animation just feel like was also really stellar. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say before you said before you said music. I was gonna say animation. Animation was stellar. Um, like way better for this than other animes that I've seen that have better dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched shittier animes that or shittier looking animes that uh um that's a terrible analogy. Uh, basically what I'm trying to say is that I've watched animes that I've enjoyed more that had worse animation. And uh so I have to absolutely credit this with just having really 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 stellar animation, so. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I I felt like the end game was was fun to watch. Um but I felt like there were elements of this that 
could have been taken care of differently. So you know how we, we so we're discussing how there's these these uh, these filler episodes. Mm-hmm. Where they're getting from point A to point B, having to fight this amorphous blob. Why couldn't there have? Why couldn't those episodes have been backstory on these characters that we're supposed to care about? Yeah, yeah, because these in these episodes, like when they go to these points in this zone that has been uh, inhabited by all the matter and quarantined off, they're basically doing the same thing over and over again for two or three episodes. And you're given very little character development on any of the characters. You're just seeing them perform various tasks to get through. And then the same objective. Oh, we close the gate here. We paralyze the matter for extended time. We can resupply, camp, and rest. Rinse, repeat. Like, okay, give me some character growth. You get very little of that. You do get some, but not enough to maintain your interest and make you really give a shit about any of the characters. Um, let me let me give the audience a little context to the importance of uh, stories. I am terrible at remembering names. I just don't remember them. I this is true. I, uh, For the longest time, he's he just referred to me as uh, that guy. So. You know. Until I learned that your actual name was Josh, and then I just kept calling you Josh because even in Saba Nur was hard for me to remember. But that being said, <laughs> I was making a said, joke, but that is actually kind of true. It took. It is. It's, it, I'm just awful with remembering names. I really, really am. Um, and so, if there's a story that has such a like deep impact, um, not a great film to reference. I don't know why I was doing that. Uh, I will remember characters' names. Oh, you mean the film Deep Impact? That's that was the joke I was going for. Yeah, it didn't oh. quite pan out, but don't worry about it. Great movie. Uh, I don't remember any characters' names in this at all. Oh. Not even a single one of them, except for maybe Ico because it's in the title. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, off the top of my head, you know, I remember Ico and I remember Kenzaki. But I would actually have to look at the cast list to remember the names. One, because, you know, I'm not fluent in Japanese and these are all Japanese names. Uh, But, you know, uh, one of my favorite series is the Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphan series. I remember all those characters' names. You know, of course, I did watch two seasons, 50 episodes, but... I just watched this three days ago. You know, 12 episodes. It should be fresh in my mind. There weren't a lot of characters in it. I don't remember a lot of their names without looking at them. Okay, let's see. Dasuke Shinoyama. Okay, that was the one character that died of the protagonists. Okay. Uh, Maho Surashi. Yeah, I remember who she was, but I wouldn't have remembered her name. All right. Uh, Yoshihiko Sagami. Remember who he was. Actually liked him, but he could have, you know, benefited from character development. Kazuki Minase. Character development. Very much needed. He was the one that ended up professing his love for Ako. You know? And that was really his only character development. It's like, oh, he had a crush on the client. And, you know pretty much pledged his life to her, but that was 
pretty much the extent to his character. It was yeah the the designs of their bio suits, their living suits, whatever they referred to them as, looked awesome. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I these mean, I think suits, whoever whoever designed this stuff, that would make a great toy line. I'm not kidding. I would totally buy right. action figures that look like that. They looked that cool. Well, yeah, I was gonna say whoever was the designer of of the visual aspect of this show, like kudos, because you made a very interesting looking thing. I mean, to be honest, the reason that I chose this anime to be talked about on the show was because of the cover art. Like, it looked really cool. It just turned out not to be. And yeah, even reading about the premise, it sounded interesting. You know, because yeah, we we had a list of three to choose from. We're like, well, let's cover an anime this episode. And we looked at the premise of these three, and I was like, let's go with this one. It sounds the coolest out of the three. And it just, and I found it to be disappointing. Um, it's absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it, a lot of it has to do, like we've said a thousand times here, is that character development is non existent, um, except for maybe Aiko, again, one character. Um, the uh, the dialogue is, is really, really bad and hard to get through. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the pacing is just, is just like watching a guy try to walk through thick syrup in the wintertime. It's, it's, they yeah. try to keep it fast paced. They try to keep it actiony with like every episode having an action segment, but there's no context to it. It's just oh, they're fighting this amorphous blob. Um, so I don't know. I, I think uh, I think we should probably wrap up Ico here soon, or we're just going to keep repeating ourselves like this anime does in certain spots. You know what? One of the things I noticed about this show is it was really heavy on spelling something out and then a character questioning it and then they spell it out again and then the character just immediately questioning what was just spelled out a second time oh like that yeah uh i'll give it a d plus oh wow okay (laughs) uh you just went right into it (laughs) yeah yeah i did i ran with it i give it a d plus uh i loved the animation i love the designs i love the music I wanted to like this series. Um, It had an interesting premise, but my whole goal when I watch something is I want to be entertained. I want an entertaining story. I want characters that I care about. When you don't give me an entertaining, you give me an interesting premise, but you don't entertain me with the storytelling and you don't make me give one single shit about any of the characters. That's bad. That's bad. You made me want toys of this because they look awesome, but you didn't make me want a season two of this at all. I mean, I, I, it's, but the music and the animation uh, and the character designs are what keep this show from getting an F. Um, yeah, I think I, 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 I mirror everything you say, except I give it a D. Um, I think you liked the design a little bit more than I did. I felt like the, the idea of the suits they were wearing to be cool... I mm-hmm. didn't find that, like, I felt like part of it could have looked cooler. Uh, to me, they just looked like um, uh, futuristic uh, uh, astronauts. I thought you um, were going to say futuristic roller derby 
outfits. <laughs> you know, because their ships thought... did have the skates and such. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't hate the design. I just thought maybe the design wasn't... Like, I felt like... I mean, you're saying you want toys of them, and I'm just like, meh. Well, I'm um, saying they then, would make cool action figures. I don't really necessarily want toys of these. I'm just saying gotcha, toys gotcha, like gotcha. that would look cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's not. I, I'm gonna say it's not worth your time. It's I I don't. I, this is not a recommendation in any way, shape, or form. Um, if you kind of want to check out maybe what the animation looks like, if we've if we've hyped that up enough. Then definitely check out um, uh, episode one, but I wouldn't go past that honestly. Maybe half, 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 hop halfway through and see the the like actiony bits inside the wall. Like that stuff's kind of interesting, but other than that, like nothing else really stands out. I was quite bored, and it's twelve episodes. Yeah, and it's even twelve episodes. Even though they're only it, twenty-two to twenty-four minutes in length, that's still. That's a lot of garbage dialogue to get through. Yeah, there's maybe four hours, or not four hours, but four episodes worth of content, honestly. Maybe five, but I don't know. It's, it's, yep, it gets a D. Boy, that is, I think that's the lowest grade I've given a show. Uh, Well, Devilman Crybaby, I gave a D minus two, but this is. I don't think I've given anything lower than a C. This, this is at least better than Devilman Crybaby. <laughs> that's not saying a whole lot. That's like saying I can toss you know a soda can into the Grand Canyon. I think I liked the the premise of Devil May Cry Baby more than I did this, um, because I I like the idea of uh, there's like demons and there's a guy who has the power of a devil. Like I kind of liked all that stuff. I just yeah. felt like the execution. We, of we, that. Don't, we don't need to. Yeah, need yeah. To we don't need to rehash that. That. But you Guys, know if what? You to, if you want to hear a review of that show, go check it out. It's uh, it's up on iTunes, all kinds of stuff. Uh, also, there's a few other places that Josh would like her to talk about that you can find that episode on. Yeah. Well, uh, since our last recording, we have been made available to be listened to at two new locations. One is Spotify. You can find all queued up podcasts on Spotify. Uh, and the other is Radio Public. Radio Public, uh, a cool thing about that, we were added to the paid listener program. So that means for every time you listen to our show on Radio Public, it throws a few cents into our tip jar, so to speak. So, you know, whatever you prefer, go to Radio Public. We don't mind. Um, You know. (laughs) <laughs> Throw us a little love there. But, uh, yeah, one, one, one other thing when we're talking about anime. Uh, on the website, I actually reviewed an anime called, uh, it's spelled Blame, B-L-A-M-E, exclamation point. It's based on a manga, but it's pronounced Blam. Uh, go, ah. Yeah, yeah. Go check that out. On, you only uh, know that if you watched it. <laughs> you wouldn't know that if you watched it either. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, go check that out at the blog section on allcuteuppodcast.com. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to move into our second show, which is... Um, the Santa... Forgot it for half a second there, guys. <laughs> Santa Clarita Diet, season two. 
Yes. Um, it was really funny because I had characters in my head as I was trying to remember the name, and I was like, what is it? Um, so, yeah, uh, Santa Clarita Diet, if you haven't seen the first season, the brief synopsis is that um, there are there's a couple. Uh, Josh can probably remember names better than I can, yep. but we'll get to that in a minute. Joel. Uh, they moved to <laughs> Joel and J- Sheila Joel. Hammond. And, there you go. Uh, but they moved to Santa Clarita to start uh, um, a very uh, suburban lifestyle. They're both realtors or realtors, um, which we'll get to that joke in a moment. Um, and uh, through the course of being very very white, as I'm using quotation figures here. Um, Sheila goes on a diet, and it it uh, turns her into a zombie, but not your typical zombie, more of a functioning real like real human looking zombie. But she's undead. She has like a black goo inside her, and through the course of season one, she is going feral. So by the end of season one, she's locked in the basement, and uh, the the her family and whatnot are fr- afraid of her going feral um josh i had already watched season one and i adored it what did you think of season one uh, we'll go to season two in a minute but what do you think of season one absolutely loved it oh my god i am a huge fan of timothy oliphant as am i uh you know some of my favorite things that he has ever been in deadwood on hbo justified on fx or two some of my all-time favorite shows and he was the main star in both of them so to see him coming off of those comedic or those serious roles into a comedic role such as this was an absolute treat i absolutely adored him and i love drew barrymore you know she's always been hit or miss but i've always loved drew barrymore uh but and this the dynamic between them is so wonderful and joyful we had never seen the show it's been in my watch list for a year now and i just never gotten around to it and misty and i i sat down uh, i was watching it and she was working and you know she was in her office and she had the door open because a lot of times i'll be watching things and she can hear because you know as long as she's not actually making a phone call, it's okay. So uh, she's listening to it, and she's laughing. It's like, honey, you're going to love watching this show. So she sat down and watched a bunch of episodes with me as well. But, yeah, we we adored it. That's, that's awesome. I, I I really enjoyed season one. I felt like it, it had a lot of stellar-ass stellar ass moments. What's wrong with my language today? Um so yeah I was very very much looking forward to season 2 and I remember talking to you about it last week or not last week but the week before where I'm going to do that every episode um probably where uh <laughs> I um I was really excited about watching it and hearing your opinion on it because I just thought the show was that much fun to to get to to be in that world and whatnot. so um so season two uh, starts right up where season one left off. Mm-hmm. Sheila's still in the basement. They're worried about her going feral. However, um, the daughter of Sheila and Joel, uh, what's her name? Abby. Abby. Uh, she has a, a friend who is a, who has a crush on her. And um, uh, Eric Bemis. He's trying to... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, again, terrible with names, guys. Even no, for things I like, I'm terrible with names. It, uh, what, what's funny is, though, is like nobody, like outside of the three of them, nobody remembers his name either. So he's always like, hi, Eric Bemis. You know, so. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot that was a thing in season one. Yeah, I gotta remember, I watched season one when it first came out. So a year ago? Yeah, about a year ago. Um,. Uh, but in season two, yeah, he's, they, they found a book in season one that had a lot of, um, it was basically a Serbian book that explained a lot about supernatural stuff, including zombification. And, um, the, he had, he thought he had found a way to not cure the zombification, but, but get rid of the feralness. They just needed to get Serbian, a, a, a person of Serbian descent's vomit. Yeah, yeah. And they they thought it they thought it was a cure initially, but the doctor that they brought in to um make the serum said it's not a cure so much as it just ceases her deterioration. She won't get any worse than she is now. Right, right. So uh uh so they do that. But that's barely the plot. The main plot of the show is that uh, Joel and Sheila are trying to figure out where this came from and if there are any more zombies. Um, or at least that felt like the main plot. Well, to me, uh, the main plot felt like, you know, they're still trying to maintain on the outside very normal lives when they realize that their lives are absolutely fucked. And well, the- I guess I guess the reason the reason that I say that's the main plot is that that to me was the driving force to things. I think it was um, where- his driving force. Not so much hers. Yeah. Because she liked Yeah, cuz hers she liked who she became. Uh, you know, she was bolder. Well, it wasn't I I mean, what when, when I I say like, well, I mean, she was with it. She was she was for trying to find the source and get rid of it. Yeah. Um uh, cause a lot of plot points were leading to that. Like every time they would go and do a thing, something else would pop up that was in their normal life, quote unquote. Um, my favorite thing, my favorite like arc was the whole Nazi thing. Oh, that uh, was, that was so funny. Uh, basically if you, to, to jog your memory, if you've watched the show or if not, and I'm just describing it for you, they, uh, they go to I don't remember originally why they found like why they went to this Nazi's house. Uh because Gary uh remember Nathan Fillion's character from the first episode of the first season that she ended up yeah. killing. Spoiler alert. And they buried him in the desert. Spoiler alert. Uh where their real estate agents uh realtors or realtors uh, um, <laughs> they discovered that a new housing development that they wanted to get the lead on was going to be placed right where they buried Gary. So they go to dig him up and they discover that they didn't destroy his brain. So his severed head's laying down there at the bottom of this hole. He's like, you guys are horrible people. And Gary becomes kind of like their live-in head. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was his well, niece. That, well, he wanted to, he wanted to leave oh, his right. niece that's and right. her newborn uh, daughter, his house in Michigan, 
And they went to take her the deed, and then she's like, well, I can't even get there because my ex-boyfriend stole my car. So that's how they got to Boone's house. Boone the Nazi. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh the whole the whole plot point with with Boone the Nazi is that he his friend comes in towards the end of the scene, and uh, um, he's like he's like hey you're not leaving until you buy a raffle ticket and it like had all the Nazis on it the like our Nazi team. baseball team and yeah softball team it was fucking hilarious yeah whole softball and, team uh, full of Nazis just he's like. I got food for a while because, <laughs> you know, who's going to feel bad about Nazis going a mess and being eaten? I mean, really? Well, the scene, the scene inside the, uh, for first off, when they were making the flyer to get Boone to come to the, uh, Nazi memorabilia thing at the storage unit. Oh my and God. Yeah. It was like white people get 10% off. And he's like, I'm white. I'm white. Fucking <laughs> yeah. slayed me. God, that was so funny. Oh yeah. When he even answered the door, he's like, you look like nice white people. And then you're like, did he just say we look like nice white people? <laughs> we need a right. We need a white fieldman. Did you say <laughs> right fieldman or you need, or uh, a white, right fieldman they're like what it's like nothing <laughs> but I, I loved how when God, you know, that stuff was fucking funny i loved how he was obsessed with building bookshelves in the second season he wanted to build these bookshelves and when they're in boone's house he sees these bookshelves he's like oh, it's cherry wood he's like oh, look at the inlay he's like oh look at this look at this and he's just completely oblivious and every time something catches his eye it's a it's a detail in the actual construction of the bookshelf and it's about the fourth time that he looks he's like oh my god and sees all the nazi memorabilia on there that just cracked me up uh yeah it was pretty good it was pretty good um because they, they really played it off with the uh number three where he did notice it for three different times he would bring something up uh that gag was really good yeah um but yeah, the whole the whole season, like the the idea, is that they have to deal with their normal everyday lives. But it it like it's intervening with their Sheila being a zombie and eating people problem. Uh, the cops kind of like noticing a trend problem. Um, yeah, and then they discover like that, that so there are other people like her out there. You know, yeah that that was that was a big uh, that was a plot point for about half of the fir- first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, throughout all first season, there's this girl that works at a convenience store, kind of like a, <laughs> right like a CVS sort of thing. It was a Red Aid. Was it a Red Aid? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ramona um, and Ramona. Yeah, and <laughs> and she's she's just plain. She talks kind of like Daria, if you will. Um, and, she's very uh, <laughs> mellow and monotone. Yeah, and uh, it's revealed in, like, the second episode that she is... Or is it in the first episode? Uh, first or second I, either episode. Either way, it's, it's, it's really, really early. Um, that she is a zombie, and she starts dating uh, the, the guy with... The, Eric. God damn it, I'm... Eric. And, uh... Um... When she... When she's discovered by everybody else, like... She's kind of a psychopath a little bit. Like she's slowly going feral. So they hit her with the the same like uh Eric hits her with the same stuff he put into uh Sheila to to stop any kind of progression of the zombification. And um 
But as as Sheila and Joel kind of talk to her about this whole thing, uh, that Sheila's like, I couldn't do this without Joel. Like, it'd be crazy to do it by myself. Like, that was the wrong information to give her. Yeah. So she tries to trap Eric into being her Joel. And, uh... And, um... After. So there's this whole scene. It's, <laughs> I love how they're about to fight. They're about to fight, and then the neighbor walks in with the fucking yeah. seven-layer dick. His mom walks in. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, oh, crap, I forgot the chips. And she goes to get them. And then they do start fighting. And then she walks back in. She's like, what's going on? He's like, Ramona dumped me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Th- th- that's what's also really funny about this is every other side character is kind of oblivious to everything. Like, Joel and Sheila are not good at lying and hiding. No. Especially Joel. Oh, God, no. He he uh, he crumbles like a tissue. Crumples like a tissue under pressure, uh, when it, especially when it comes to authority figures. One of my favorite things about this show is the, the way that everything pieces together and works the way that it does. Um, like, for example, uh, the, the very last episode, like everything was, was coming to a head essentially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like they don't, they, they, how do I say this? They don't do what other sitcoms do or what other stories in like this do where it's like, there's a plot and you see that plot go through to the end. There's a plot, but like every plot in the show, like wraps around the other ones. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's intertwined pretty well. Yes, very well, if you ask me. I think this show does it probably better than most shows. Um, Maybe because they have, like, a really good writing staff, or just they have time, but... uh, Like, there's a whole subplot where Abby wants to blow up a a place where they're supposed to be fracking, and um, it didn't really seem to be going anywhere. It was just kind of like kept popping up occasionally. And then it was the last episode. <laughs> like the, the last, last scene, scene. Yeah. That it mattered. And it was so, it was so satisfying. It was so fucking satisfying. When that happened, I laughed so damned hard because oh, you knew dude, I was... what that revelation, <laughs> revelation, what that meant. Yeah, nice, yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. Yeah. What, and You'll only get that pun if you've watched the show, because I'm not going to spoil my damn joke. <laughs> but yeah, Fair enough. Um, well, I mean, we are a spoiler cast at that, too, but I, I would prefer people watch the show first before listening to the show. Yeah, yeah. But it is an absolutely delightful show. Um, I, I get, here's, here's the thing. If you've watched... Um, guy plays Joel. What's his name? I'm dr- Timothy I, I'm, Oliphant. Again, that, Timothy Oliphant. Let's say you've watched Justified, and he's just an uber badass in that show, right? Oh, yeah. And then you go and watch this, he is an entirely different character. If there were two shows that you could watch back-to-back to show Timothy's range, it would this be, would be like... The, yeah, yeah, Justified and Santa Clarita Diet, just incredibly. And pretty much this entirely is... Entirely different characters. This is pretty much the first thing he did after finishing Justified, wasn't it? I believe so, yes. And I love the um, fact that he got Patton Oswalt, um, you know, as a guest star. Uh, even though he's only in a couple of scenes in one episode, 
just the fact that they got to share some screen time, you know, because Patton Oswalt was unjustified. And uh, also... Where was he Where was he in, in Santa Clarita Diet? He was the virologist in episode two or episode three of the first season. Okay, okay. I was like, I don't, I, cause I did not remember that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, okay, that, that is really cool. I didn't even, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, I love the fact that Gerald McRaney showed up in season two as a guest star, you know, and he was a guest star on Justified. So it was cool to see people that Timothy Oliphant has worked with in the past show up on screen just to share a little bit of screen time with him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would totally I, shit if they ever get Ian McShane to show up. Oh, my God. That's not impossible. I know that, like, Ian McShane actually likes to do comedy roles. Oh, yeah, he like did Hot scene. Rod. Yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Which... I, I, I think I think it would just be like uh, it'd have to be a bit role, something that either a you weren't paying him a lot for, or didn't he you didn't pay him at all, and he was just doing it because Timothy Oliphant and maybe some other people are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Nathan Fillion, like I thought it was just a bit role for the first season. The fact he came back for this and did a lot more was so awesome. Who Nathan Fillion? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah, and uh the the char- his character was so funny that shit like i i laughed really hard at that i think i think this show i like i probably laughed louder at than i have other shows and I, and i watch all these by myself like that's the thing i've always like, that i've learned about watching comedies is that if you watch them with other people like you're in the theater or you're with a significant other or a friend you'll probably laugh more often and out loud just because you're laughing with somebody, but when you're by yourself, you you don't laugh out loud. You you just chuckle to yourself or something. This show actually made me laugh loudly by myself. Dude, the so, one line from season two that made me laugh the hardest was when they were trying to get the listing. Um, Marky Post, remember her from Night Court? It was her. She was the elderly lady with the little poodle. They were trying to get the listing oh, for her shit, house. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, that was Marky Post. She played Christine Armstrong on Night Court back in the 80s. I did not catch that. Oh, wow. Then again, then again, I don't remember a whole lot of actors from Night Court, except, like, the, the bailiff. <laughs> oh, yeah, which one? You, you, you are, like, eight years older than me, so there's that. But um, I'm um, also, like trivia well but yeah uh that line true you know the rival realtors well i feel like you watched you you were able to watch night court with more capacity than i was but do what at least at the time i said i think you were uh because you're you're a bit older than me you were able to watch night court with uh more um (sighs) you got cognitive resources than i did because i was so young is my point? Well, I mean, I mean, I was like, still young. Not court. I mean, I was in elementary school, so you know. But uh, well, yeah, and I was in, I was in, I was in elementary school when Friends was out. But I still, re- I, I remember it very well. My point is, is I was, I was younger than you to the point where I wouldn't remember actors from Night Court as well as you might. Yeah, have. yeah, that's is my point. I get unless you. I wouldn't watch it again as an adult. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the other the rival realtor. A uh, couple, Chris and Krista. 
Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh I forgot about those my actors. god. When I was so happy to see this too. When when she says to her, get out of our way, and she replies to her, she's like, you mess with me, I'll kick you in the twat so hard that you'll be getting pregnant giving blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. That line made that me. That line was amazing. Made me, that is, first of all, I think the best burn, female on female burn, I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but that line made me laugh so hard. I damn near pissed myself. I had to pause it. And I was like, honey, did you hear that? She's like, I heard you laughing. So I backed it up and let her hear it. And she busts out laughing in her office. Oh, my God. That line was golden. Ugh. Yeah. But I mean, this show has to get a third season, right? Like it's well. I mean, they leave it. the The first season ended on a cliffhanger. The second season ended on a cliffhanger, and I know people today they don't want their fucking cliffhangers. They want everything wrapped up in a neat little bow. But you know what? TV didn't always work like that. TV always ended on a cliffhanger, especially in the eighties. Oh yeah, who shot Jr.? That was the biggest cliffhanger of all time. You know, Dallas yeah. back in 82, 83, 4, somewhere in there. Do you, do you remember the Who Shot Mr. Burns? Who Shot Mr. Who? That thing, Mr. Burns. Oh, dude, honestly, I've never watched The Simpsons, but I do remember that it was, yeah, I remember that. I haven't watched The Simpsons since before Misty and I met. It just got. I, I remember. I just. I remember being a big deal. That's my point. Yeah, like, it was a big deal. Like, it was absolutely a big deal, and the reveal of who actually did it was just funny as hell. But I think I want a third season because I. I think the sh- like it's just that funny. The writing's just that good. It's cleverly, that I just want more of it. cleverly written. Uh, it's super clever. Like I think that for me, that's the important thing of the show is how clever it is. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I loved about Futurama was how clever it was. And this show kind of brings back those those same feelings of, of how just brilliant and smart it can be. So, And I love, um, I love how all the little details, something that may not seem significant, turns out to be significant later on. Or something that is made to look significant, totally inconsequential, just to keep you guessing. Absolutely. Like uh absolutely like one episode. I think it was in season one. Maybe it was season two. Um, I don't remember specifically which episode, but Abby uh Sheila's looking for a briefcase. Abby notices a briefcase on the kitchen countertop, notices blood on it, wipes the blood off, and drops the uh paper towel in the wastebasket. And it kinda it kind of focused on that paper towel. You're like, ooh, is that going to come back to bottom in the ass somehow? But no, it was never referenced again. But other things that seemed insignificant do come up. So I love how it does that kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, um, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and give my grade right now because well, I want to. Um, I'm gonna give the show an A. Um, I think that with 
it's it's clever writing like you like you just talked about how um, you never really quite see things coming. It's not predictable, but it's extremely hilarious uh, with either one-liners or just uh, situations in general that are just funny. Um, with characters that don't feel out of place, uh, with situations that um, don't feel too awkward. Like they're not office awkward, but they're definitely still awkward. But but you you as the audience member don't feel awkward for watching it. Um, with uh, being able to kind of get away, I guess on Netflix it actually really works because they're able to get away with a lot more gore and a lot more uh, kind of um, uh, um, like like kind of blue humor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, like talking about eating a guy's testicles, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like a lot of that stuff really really comes across well and it works so well for this film for the show almost the film um yeah i just i I can't love it enough i think that if there is a show if there's a comedy show on netflix that you like you're just looking for a comedy show and you're like i don't know what i need to watch and i don't know what's good please watch santa clarita diet you you will enjoy all 20 episodes that are currently available i promise you um You'll, uh, like Josh said, there are moments that will leave you pissing your pants. Almost literally. So, I can't, I can't praise it enough. Highly recommend. I, like I said, I gave it an A, so that's, that's that. Go watch it. Yeah, absolutely. I also give it a solid A. Uh, overall, and each individual season, all three, I would give a solid A. Uh, it is cleverly written. It is funny. It is completely not what I expected in a good way. Uh, The only thing I knew about is, you know, I thought it was something related to cannibalism, as we touched upon in the last episode when you mentioned we were going to watch this. I was like, oh, yeah, she eats people. Well, there's a reason why she eats people. It's because she's undead and she has to eat people. I mean, come on. When she finds out that... When, when she, they're trying to see if she can eat a freshly caught animal and she dons this rain poncho while at an open house and is chasing and diving after this rooster in a backyard that is just comedic gold to me to see her belly flopping on the lawn it's just absolute yeah. hilarity uh, you know and the whole running gag the is it realtor or realtor realtor or realtor and you're like you know we're realtors we don't have an extra syllable you know like, uh, here's what's great about that josh also just to throw this out there that gag was injustified they don't beat you over the head <laughs> they, well they also beat you over the head with it it's not a constant thing it's like it's it's occasional and when they do it it's just it's just there it's just a gag exactly and it's funny but i love the way they worked it in uh, you know, she's like, we're realtors because we go the extra mile for you. You know, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's it's just there's clever humor, uh, you know, some really uh, some great guest actors. I mean, Andy Richter playing their boss, you know, Nathan Fillion. He, he is amazing. Yeah. Thomas Ian Lennon. Oh, my God. I love Thomas Ian Lennon. 
Yes, I forgot he was. I forgot he was the principal in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there and you know, Patton Oswalt in the first season. Uh, it's just some really good. You know, Gerald McRaney in season two. Really good guests. Really solid writing. Uh, the music's funny. You know, the characters are all enjoyable. Uh, I, I I give it a solid A. Definitely go out of your way to watch the Santa Clarita Diet. You will enjoy it very much. Awesome. I yeah, I'm I'm really happy you liked it, Josh, because I I I wanted I was going to watch season two regardless, and I thought you know what we'll throw this in the show. I want him to see season one, so I'm going to kind of force you to see it. And um, yeah, I'm really I'm really happy that we saw Eye on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, good. Uh, all right, guys. So that's going to do it for all queued up uh, episode fifteen. Yeah, I think I got that right. Um, no, no, this fourteen. Fourteen. 15's next episode. Speaking of episode fifteen, we're going to be talking about Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events season two. You can find on Netflix. Um, it'll be uh, basically the every episode, every two episodes. Sorry, every two episodes is one book. So I think this next season is the next four books, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a fun show, I promise you. Um, but, you know, season two might suck. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we're also going to watch a show called Electric Dreams on Amazon Prime. Uh, the way that it's been described is um, uh, kind of like Amazon Prime's version of Black Mirror. Uh, apparently they're all short stories based on Philip K. Dick's novels. Um... So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, guys, go watch those two. Come join us for episode 15 in two weeks' time. Um, and guys, again, we want to thank you so much for all the support you've given us. Whether it's going to the Facebook page, the, the discussion page, and, and, and suggesting shows for us to watch, or just talking to us. Um, uh, and, and just talking to us individually. It's been fantastic to hear that there are people that are watching the show and thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and that's not all. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what the T-shirt thing? People have. Yeah, we got. Yeah, have... Definitely going to get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, people have been asking uh, us, "Hey, where can we get T-shirts? You guys got T-shirts available?" So, the answer is yes. We're going to have T-shirts. Uh, it is going to be an all-black T-shirt. And it is going to be the All Cued Up Podcast logo with the cartoon versions of Greg and myself on the front. Uh, they are going to be available for pre-order. Uh, $30 shipped. I just uh, hit one of either one of us up on our personal uh, accounts, if you know us in person. Hit us up on our Twitter accounts, uh, which are on the website. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook discussion group and a message, email. All of that information is found on allcuteuppodcast.com. Just let us know what size you need and let us know. Uh, we'll get that and we'll let you know when we're going to place the pre-order. But yeah, we're really excited about that. And also, yeah, you know, not only did we get picked up on Radio Public and Spotify, we started the Patreon site. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on. We're really excited about all that. But the one other thing, I wanted to personally thank our pal Cody, a.k.a. Belthazar. Uh, 
for oh yes thank you yeah, that, yeah. that wonderful uh little voiceover you heard uh at the beginning of our show we uh if you notice the music was shortened well, down about 30 seconds and we had that cool little voiceover that's all thanks to cody you know, well, also, I mean, the podcast in the form that it is now is thanks to Cody. If I mean, if he hadn't helped Josh with the uh, with his computer and 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 what we could do and couldn't do, like we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing it in the quality that we are now. Yeah. So uh, a lot, a lot of thanks to him in general. Um, yeah, Cody has really uh, he's taught me some great things about mixing and editing and just audio balancing uh put me onto some great equipment so, so i actually can hear the things that i was missing when i was using a cheap ten dollar pair of earbuds now that i've got this headset that i'm using i hear things so much more clearly and better and it's really helped the, in the mixing process yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm really happy that he helped us out there and got us on the right path because i feel like now now because of him we are going to make this podcast much more successful and with your guys's help with patreon shirt sales uh shouting us out on other places if, if there's a friend who's looking for a nice podcast where two nerds just kind of gush about shows or distress shows like we did with ico um Definitely, like, all that kind of stuff is a, is a big thanks and a big help. Um, and it, so, yeah. That uh, is something I want to mention, too. On, you know, any proceeds that we make from T-shirt sales, any proceeds we make from the Patreon, all of that funding goes into keeping this show going to keep us bringing absolutely. the content to help us improve our content. Uh, you know, that like, honestly, it'll go to, it'll go to, to stuff that we need for, for audio or, um, it goes into this, to the cost of the website. It goes into the cost of, of us using Netflix and Amazon prime and, and whatever else, like every, every ounce of money that we earn is going back into the podcast. So you guys have a better experience. Yeah. I mean, because, Hey, one of the things I always see in my Facebook wall on my feed news feed i need something good to watch on netflix and then you see 20 different people oh watch this oh if you haven't watched this watch this oh watch this you know what we want people to come to us we want people to say these two guys they do recommend good shows they know what they're talking about uh you know we just kind of want to be the go-to place <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, again, thank you for joining us this time. Uh, if, if you do want to listen to next episode as we air it every every other Friday, it'll be, again, Lemony Snicks, the series of Fortune Event Season 2, and Electric Dreams you can find on Amazon Prime. Guys, I am Greg Dietz. You can find me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. You can find my... Uh, other stuff that I do, video game reviews, uh, podcasts, a video game podcast, um, occasional streams on uh, Mission Star podcast, uh, Twitter account, uh, Twitch account, which is um, twitch.tv slash Mission Star P. Um, I'm going to start doing a lot of uh, really short game reviews. Um, but yeah, uh, Josh, where can they find you online? Uh, well, my Twitter account is nsubanur1976. All right, guys, um, we will see you next episode. Uh, thanks for hanging out. 
Uh, take care. Take care, everybody.